This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got an incredible show in store for you tonight. Coming up later in the show, Minnesota Representative Paul Marquardt is going to talk about Governor Walls releasing his budget earlier today for the great state of Minnesota. Also, a new education plan in Minnesota. So stay with us for that. We start tonight, though, with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum had a great conversation with him earlier today about the state now taking over the refugee resettlement program because Lutheran Social Services is shutting their doors. Plus, what do some of the Joe Biden executive orders around oil and gas mean for oil and gas production here in North Dakota? Here's some of my conversation with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Governor Bergen, welcome back to Point of View. It's great to see you, and thank you so much for the time. So some big news, obviously, recently regarding Lutheran Social Services, um, saying, hey, we're going to have to close our doors. Now the state's going to be taking over uh, refugee resettlement. In your statement, you said it's going to be a temporary takeover. What kind of timeline are you looking at? Well, first, I want to just say this is a, a big loss for the state of North Dakota. LSS has operated here since 1919, and they've been involved in so many uh, important aspects and touch so many lives, whether it's adoption services, foster care, uh, residential psychiatric treatment for youth, uh, recovery programs, housing, and refugee resettlement among those. Uh, the state of North Dakota has over 20 contracts between the Department of Human Services and LSS. So this isn't just affecting one area. We're scrambling uh, to try to uh, either work with uh, LSS as, as they wind these down and we find new homes for those programs. Uh, but in the case of refugee resettlement, uh, which is a very specific thing, there's only was only one designated contractor for the state of North Dakota. Uh, the feds, of course, control refugee resettlement. This is not uh, immigration. This is refugees who have been uh, often living in refugee camps. They're fully vetted by the State Department. Uh, with you know interviews and biometric and background checks. Many of them have relatives in the United States. Many of them uh, may be coming from countries where they're being uh, religious persecution. So many of them are Christian that are, that are seeking uh, refugee uh, for the, the political or violent unrest in their own countries. And, and this has been going on successfully in North Dakota for decades and decades, going back to when we were you know, resettling uh, South Vietnamese who fought alongside of Americans in the Vietnam War. And so with them uh, having to close their doors and no other vendors available as a governor, you have three choices. Uh, you can either do it directly as the state. Uh, there's the Wilson Fish Amendment, which dates back to the early 2000s, the Hoban Dalrymple era, where you would say pick a vendor, and that was when LSS would have been selected. Uh, or the third is you can just let the federal government do it because they control the uh, amount of refugees coming to each state. Uh, we, of course, don't want the feds to be in charge of things that relate to our state. So without a vendor, uh, we announced on Monday that with LSS closing their doors, that at least temporarily, we're gonna be taking over that function. So how long that will be, Chris, depends on whether or not we can find uh, another vendor that might be willing to uh, you know, contract uh, to do that work. Uh, and, and of course, I want people to know this is not coming at any additional cost to taxpayers in North Dakota because these are existing federal pass-through dollars that are already uh, flowing through uh, this program and, and the contract that we had with them. So we'll be able to manage the program uh, exactly as uh, we've done it now without any increase in, in spending. 
You read my mind, Governor, because as you know, this has been a hot topic, especially before President Trump uh, regarding refugee resettlement here in North Dakota. So just for clarity to put a finer point on it, um, with the state taking this over, will there be any additional tax dollars being spent on the refugee resettlement program from North Dakotans? None, absolutely none. These are federal pass-through dollars that are uh, that are passing through to do the program. Uh, prior, we had one state employee that managed the contract with LSS. We'll continue to have that one uh, working with the state and the rest of the people will be uh, con contracted out until we find a new home. So the other side of this is the fact that you mentioned, hey, the State Department dictates how many people come to North Dakota. I know for many times it's family reunification, but um, there was a point in time <clears throat> where several governors said, hey, we were going to opt out of the refugee resettlement program. So how do you work with the State Department or could you dictate to them, hey, look, we're only going to take in 25 this year or how does that work? Uh, it, the feds are in charge of the, uh, the overall size of the program, and they're also in charge of how many get administered to each state. So we don't really have any control over the, the volume related to this uh, element. Uh, and of course, the uh, what we have had in the past great success, uh, which is that when these families have come uh, to North Dakota, uh, they've become you know, productive members of the workforce. Uh, they've been welcomed by the business community. They've been welcomed by the churches which which they've been, uh, that they've joined in those congregations. And, and so for be very successful. And again, we're, I don't want people to confuse refugee resettlement with immigration. We're talking in 2019, this was 124 individuals. In 2020, it was down to 44 individuals. And, uh, and, and again, the track record in recent history is that uh, over 90% of those people had existing family members, as you said, Chris, family reunification that were here. So it's hasn't created uh, you know pressure on housing. It's been a helpful on, on the workforce side. So you mentioned, Chris, we don't have any dictate in what the number is that the State Department determines for North Dakota, but then you've also said in this interview and in your statement that if we decline to participate, it gives us less control, if you will, with the State Department. So I guess I'm missing where, where is North Dakota's state rights, if you will, or control over any of this program? If you're saying, hey, Chris, no matter what we tell them, they're going to do, they're going to dictate to us what they're going to do. Well, I think that we, uh, in the case of you know what cities. Uh, what programs, you know, how we work, how effective we are in making sure they're integrated in the community. But yeah, this is, those are things that we can control, but we can't control this as a, uh, a federal program. But understand again, uh, if you were, I'll just do rough numbers. Let's say the, uh, the federal government decides they want to admit 100,000 refugees out of refugee camps that they fully vetted the United States and they do it on a per capita basis. Uh, North Dakota represents about one quarter of 1% of the US population. So we might be looking at a number like 250 people to, the, to North Dakota. Uh, and right now there's three cities where refugees come uh, and then it's sort of by population, the most come to Fargo uh, and then secondarily to Grand Forks and thirdly to the Bismarck area. Uh, once they're resettled here, they've got the rights of an American citizen and they can move and move wherever they want to move. And like we saw our population in North Dakota increase, uh, thankfully, after 70 years of decline, it went up uh, in the, uh, the, 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 from 2006 to uh, 2019, we saw that number increasing for the first time in seven years. People moving here from 
from all over the uh, country, and in some cases from around the world. And and uh, and once people are resettled and they get settled here, they get a job, uh, they can pick up and move. So it's not a they're not permanently reliquated our state. It's a place for it's a landing spot for them to get uh, to get settled in. And in many cases, they may choose to stay here because they their families are here. They've got great jobs and they're great great members of the community. Governor, you and I have talked about this in the past, but I'm going to ask again. As you know, this is a very Trump. Um, people here in the state, they really like Trump. High percentage of people voted for President Trump. You know, one of his mantras was America first. And so many people suggest the refugee resettlement program is basically a cheap labor program for corporations. The question is, is how is bringing in more refugees, especially when we've got high unemployment around our Native American brothers and sisters, how is bringing in refugees into our state putting Americans first? Well, I, I think that, again, we have to go back to our roots as a country and uh, and, and take a look at in, in roots as a country and our roots as a state. Uh, if you look at Fargo's population in the year 1900, 120 years ago, 80% of the population of Fargo, English was their second language. I mean, we were a state that was built by uh, Scandinavians and Germans and people that came from other places looking for opportunity. And so I think that that still remains a uh, being part of America and the strength of our, our country as a country with, yes, we've got, uh, you know, 330 million people, but, uh, you know, China passed uh, the U.S. as the, the number one recipient of foreign direct investment this week uh, with their economy growing and ours uh, on hold during the pandemic. Now it's projected that they could have a larger GDP than the U.S. after the U.S. has been the dominant GDP economy for over a century but you know part of the advantage they have is 1.3 billion people so uh the u.s actually uh on the world stage relative to china injury is a small country and i don't think we should be afraid of of growing our population and uh when and we know that uh when you've got uh gdp goes up birth rates go down and and so you know one of the one of the ways for us to keep having a growing vibrant economy is making sure that the best in the world, the people that have the, the best entrepreneurs in the world would want to go to the place where they have the most opportunity. And I see the U.S. as still the place that has the most opportunity for people. We still are the beacon on the hill. We're still the place where people dream about coming to. And uh, we should just, you know, fight to make sure we maintain that position. Governor, a couple more things if we can. But one is the fact that, you know, one of the, the challenges that Lutheran Social Services bumped up against is they made some investments in apartment and housing and things of that nature. Uh, one of the people that was at LSS when they really kind of dove into this and was there during that time was Jessica Thomason. Uh, she's now with the North Dakota Department of Human Services um, as a community inclusion program, things of that nature. Just any comment on the fact that she led the charge with that housing? That was sort of what had LSS uh, not be able to finance themselves anymore. And now she's with North Dakota DHS. Well, first, let me just say that, you know, I think Jessica is a fantastic executive and uh, we're thrilled to have her here at the state of North Dakota. But r relative to uh, trying to say, hey, there's one individual that's responsible for a housing crash in Western North Dakota. I mean, that's uh, completely uh, without basis that anybody could say that. We, you know, we had an oil price collapse again in the beginning of 2019. Uh, that had nothing to do with LSS. It had everything to do with the uh, international uh, oil oil price war. And before we even had a COVID case, we had massive unemployment, people exiting the state, uh, oil prices that went below zero. And so, 
if you own an apartment building in the Bakken, if you own a hotel in the Bakken, uh, in, and you were an owner during the year of 2020, you saw, uh, in cases of hotels, record low occupancy rates. And if you're in the case of, of having housing, uh, where the people were clamoring to build more housing, I mean, the big issue we had was we didn't have enough housing. Uh, we didn't have low income housing for essential workers, uh, including teachers and others that couldn't afford to live in that area when the schools were booming. So everybody was rushing. Uh, you know, the state, uh, nonprofits, uh, cities, everybody was rushing to try to solve a housing problem. And in a boom bust cycle, it goes the other way. So it doesn't matter whether you're a for profit or a nonprofit. Uh, this last year, uh, you know, tipped people over relative to housing. And so, again, uh, the, it's the boom bust cycle that was the, the culprit, but certainly the intentions were all there. And at the time uh, those projects were being built, people were celebrating the arrival of low income housing in that part of our state. I want to get your take on, speaking of, a, you know, Western North Dakota and, and oil production, the fact that uh, Joe Biden now executive orders regarding no more permits on federal land with oil and gas leases, obviously the Keystone XL pipeline. There was a good decision today in the appeals court regarding DAPL, but I guess I want to get your take from the standpoint that, hey, if there's less oil coming out of the ground, that means, <clears throat> excuse me, prices could go up, which could benefit North Dakota revenues, but also it hinders and hurts our energy sector what does this mean for North Dakota? Well, certainly any uh, any continued action by the Biden administration to try to uh, restrict uh, energy development in the United States, it's bad. That's bad for our country. It's bad for manufacturing jobs. It's bad for the low income workers that have to, uh, you know, buy gas at the pump in <clears throat> their workplaces. And, you know, we really have spent uh, the last 70 years as a country, I mean, you could argue quite effectively that World War II was uh, the initial aggressors in World War II uh, were trying to expand their boundaries because they wanted to have access to energy. And and so we the world's been fighting over energy and access to energy for, for I would say forever, but uh, certainly in our lifetimes. And now for the first time under the Trump administration, we actually were in a position to be able to sell energy to our friends and allies versus buy it from our enemies. And that was the biggest geopolitical shift in any of our lifetimes. And uh, even the, you know, the head of the Federal Reserve uh, in a meeting that I was, was with him on a panel last week uh, said uh, that he thought that in the last decade, you could argue that economically that fracking had had a bigger impact in terms of a technology advancement than the microchip because because of the oil and gas production in the United States, whether that's low heating prices for people in the Northeast on a cold winter in low income homes, or whether that's the what fueled our resurgence of manufacturing jobs. Thank you for saying that, Governor. We'd love to have you back. We can have a conversation about COVID and all the uh, positive things that are going in the right direction there as well. So thanks again, sir. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right, stay with us when we come back. Minnesota Representative Paul Marquardt is going to join us. Minnesota Governor Tim Walls released his budget earlier today. Plus, there's a new education plan in Minnesota. We'll talk about that and much more. As always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.